If you would, please turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter. We're going to look this morning at the prophecy concerning the birth of Messiah. Christmas is coming, and for the next couple of weeks, we're just going to look at the traditional Christmas story, what the Word of God tells us about the birth of Messiah, what it was to be, and maybe hopefully give us a little different focus to kind of slow us down a little bit. You know, there are so many things that are going on at this time of the year, a lot of things that are going on in, in the life of our church, a lot of different uh, programs. You know, we've got our uh, team kid, uh, Christmas coming up. I really want to encourage you to come and to be a part of that. Even if you're not regularly involved in team kid, uh, we're going to start in here, and I think it will be a, a blessing to you to be a part of what our kids are going to lead us in as we celebrate and look at, uh, go into the gym that will be decorated like the city of Jerusalem and and Bethlehem and go in there and just uh, uh, see some things, learn some things, be a part of some things that uh, were, were maybe uh, close to what uh, was going on in, in uh, Christ's day at the time of his birth. So I want to encourage you uh, to come and to be a part of that. Another thing, uh, this coming Thursday night, our Sunlight School will be presenting their Christmas pageant. And uh, I don't know if you noticed just a minute ago, but uh, when we first started the service, this mic wasn't working. And... Um, and in, from my perspective, see, I got to see Chris back there, and he was, man, he was trying to figure out why in the world was this not working. Well, it wasn't working because it wasn't plugged in. And it had nothing to do with Chris. It had to do with the plug. And the reason it wasn't plugged in is because we've been doing so many programs with our kids. We've been moving the pulpit out, moving the pulpit back, 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 all this stuff. And the wire just didn't get plugged in. Larry came up, plugged the wire in. But, you know, that's exactly like Christmas. We get busy doing so many things that we miss the source of power. We get busy doing all, and they're good things, but we get so busy doing that that we miss the real influence of Christmas. It's really about Jesus Christ, and, and it's about his birth, and it's about the fact that regardless of what anybody else says in this world today, he is God's one and only, only begotten, never to be duplicated son of God. He is the son of the living God. He came to earth as a real man he alone is God you and I don't become little gods we don't become gods of our own universe or gods of our own planet we don't uh, become uh, gods in our own right although Satan's been trying since the beginning of time to get us to become like a God and and that is the purpose of Christmas Jesus Christ came into this world to live a sinless perfect life born as a baby, stripped of, of all of his glory and intentionally and, and purpose, purposefully laying down his glory, becoming born and found in human likeness as a babe in a manger to grow up and live a sinless life that you and I might know the hope of being reconciled to God. That's the message of Christmas. And, and you know, I, I have a reputation in my family. In fact, my family many years ago bought me, I don't even know where it is anymore, uh, they bought me a baseball cap to wear at Christmas, and, you know, it has, it's, it's kind of like a, a Santa hat. Um, it, you know, it's got the little Santa hat and a little white ball on the top, a baseball brim, and it says across the word, uh, the, the, the bill of the cap or the, the front of the cap, bah humbug. Because I have a reputation or have had a reputation in my family many years of, of being kind of a Scrooge at Christmas, but not because of, of, of Christmas, because of what Christmas has become. It, it's become so much about stuff 
Um, and, you know, I was reading a deal the other day. 40% of all toys given at Christmas will be broken by March. And our lives have become so much about stuff that we miss the point of Christmas. And the older I get, the more Christmas becomes important because it becomes less about the stuff and more about family and more about just, just being a part of what God really intends. And, and you know, this morning I, I want us to take, you know, at, at Christmas it, it's always difficult because there's nothing new to preach about Christmas. Christmas story hadn't changed. Over 2,000 years, it's still the same, and, and, and there's probably nothing that I'm going to challenge you with today that the Word of God hasn't already spoken into your life. But, but maybe this Christmas, maybe just for a moment, we can slow down, and we can really let the traditional story, the true story of who Jesus really is, Give us a, a fresh look at what Christmas is really supposed to be about. If you have your Bibles open there to the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter, if you would please stand with me this morning as we honor God's Word as we read it together. Beginning in verse 13, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. There will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And never will drink wine or beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. He will turn many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. You may be seated. May God bless his word this morning as we study together. Would you please pray with me? Father, I ask you, in just these next few moments, Lord, may I never take lightly the opportunity to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Father, may you in these next few moments speak to our hearts through your word. May it challenge us. May it refresh in us uh, as we think about Christmas. And may it give us a focus, Father, to, to truly seek to tell others about the joy that Christmas really brings changed hearts and changed lives and I pray that father this morning uh, that you would speak into the life of every person here regardless of their circumstances regardless of why we're here God may we be captured this morning and attentive to what you want to say and what you want to do and we pray that this morning and then have our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ amen as we look at the beginning of the Christmas story and look at the coming of John the Baptist, the one who would herald what the purpose of Christmas is all about. There, there are some things that we see in John's father, Zechariah, that, that the Word of God challenges us with to, to have, to be, to, to make a part of our daily life, to make a part of everything that we do. And the first, uh, first thing that, that we see, and, and, I, and I think probably sets the tone for everything that we do at Christmas is if I have a right heart, my right heart will equal joy. I want you to look at uh, verses 13 and 14. The Bible says, but the angel said to him, Zechariah is serving, and, and while he is serving, uh, the angel Gabriel appears to him. And he says to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. 
Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. There will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth. Now, Zachariah has been chosen to be a part of a once-in-a-lifetime event. He is going through his priestly duties. He serves there in the temple, and, and each, each time, each day, uh, there would be an incense burn in the morning, an incense burn in the afternoon. There were a lot of priests and Levites, people who were a part of that. And they would choose by lot which priest got to do that. And it was a once-in-a-lifetime event. I mean, he would do this once at this point in his life, and never before, never again would he participate in that way in the worship of the temple. So he is there. He is faithful. Um, and it's as he is serving. And you know, most of the time in life, that's when God speaks to us. When you and I are being faithful to do the things that he has put before us, faithful as a steward of what he's given us, it's, it's in those moments that God speaks. I mean, think about it. Moses was tending sheep when God spoke to him. David was tending sheep when, when God anointed him. Uh, Elijah, Elisha, not Elijah, Elisha. Elisha was plowing with oxen, working his father's fields when uh, the anointing of God came upon him and the call of God fell upon him. Gideon was in a wine press treading out wine when God spoke. Peter was mending nets when Jesus Christ called him. And, and, and you and I have been called to be faithful right where God has placed us. And many times when we're doing that, that that's when God speaks. And that's exactly what happens with Zechariah. He's just being faithful to do what God has called him to do. And while he is there burning incense, the people of God are outside praying. Zechariah is inside, and the angel Gabriel appears to him, and he says, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. And the way this is written, it, it, this wasn't a one-time prayer. It wasn't. It was something that he was consistent in. It was something that he had done. He was, he was faithful to pray, faithful to share, faithful to do the things that, that, that God wanted him to do, to be consistent. And the angel Gabriel comes and says, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Not only has your prayer been heard, it's been answered. You see, when my heart is right, and my prayer is offered in accordance with the will of God. God answers. He tells us that, that, that he answers our prayer. Zechariah's heart is right. It is consistent. It is faithful. It is, it is purposed. And he prays, and God hears, and God answers. And then he tells him, this answer to your prayer is, is going to be a, a delight to you. Look at what he says in, in a, verse 14. There will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth. And Basically, what Gabriel told him is, hey, the way God's going to answer this prayer, it's going to put a calm delight over your life. How many of you would like a calm delight to be the expression of your spirit through Christmas? That's what God, the angel Gabriel, told, as God's representative, told Zechariah was going to happen. This answer to prayer is going to be a calm delight in your life, and not only that, it's going to cause many people to rejoice. There's going to be a celebration of joy because of the birth of your son. Right heart equals right joy. If I'll learn in my life to get my heart right when it comes to the things of Christmas, when my heart is right about Christmas, when I focus on the right things, the Word of God tells me I can count it all joy. What's Christmas about? God, who loves you, sending his one and only, only begotten, never to be duplicated son to live a sinless life, to grow up perfect, 
to shed his glory, to be Emmanuel, God with us, fully God and fully man, God incarnate, not part God and part man, not sometimes God and sometimes man, fully God and fully man, to come to this earth to live a sinless life, to die for you and for me, to take away the sin of the world. That's the message of Christmas. And, and when I begin to understand that truth and when I apply that truth to my life, what happens is that, that I, I, can, I can be healed with whatever's going on emotionally, physically, uh, spiritually. Whatever's going on in my life, if it's forgiveness that needs to be granted or forgiveness that needs to be given. If, it, if it's a relationship that needs to be restored. When my heart is right before Christmas, all of those things put life into perspective joy has come and and it ought to be the purpose of the believer's life to focus on the things that matter at Christmas Lil Blosfield was a participant in a leadership management program through her company and one of the things that her company required her to do was to go and to participate in some type of social ministry some type of program where they gave leadership to give back to people who were less fortunate so she chose a feeding ministry in the town where she worked and she was there through the Christmas holidays and she was serving uh, uh, people meals and, and one of the things that they required the people to do to serve, they, they didn't just serve, they also went and sat beside the people that they were serving and so Lil made her way over, sat beside a grandmother who was there with her three year old grandchild named Sam and little Sam was talking about what she wanted for Christmas and little Sam's mom was, was having to work uh, two jobs just so she could could make ends meet through Christmas and so Sam wasn't getting to see her mother much uh, she her mom was would go to work very early in the morning and get off and go to work at her second job just to make ends meet and and Sam was spending a lot of time with her grandmother and and one of the things her grandmother did was brought her to this feeding ministry and so she's there and Lil's listening to her and she's listening to Sam talk about what she wants for Christmas and all Sam wanted for Christmas was a quarter can you imagine a three-year-old child that just wants a quarter for Christmas? That's all she wanted because she wanted to see her mom. And she knew that, that, that it cost a quarter at this day and time. It tells you how old this story is. It cost a quarter in this day and time to ride the bus. And so what Sam wanted for Christmas was a quarter so she could get on the bus and she could ride to see her mom while her mom was at work. Lil sat there listening to uh, little Sam and uh, her expression and she remembered harkened back to her uh, children who were at home and her, their Christmas list that filled two to three pages of stuff that they wanted for Christmas and she was amazed at the innocence of this little child prompted her to do something she was ashamed embarrassed that that morning she didn't even have her purse with her so she couldn't even give a, a quarter to this grandmother to grant the wish of Sam for Christmas but what she did was she went home and she told her kids that story and, and started a tradition in their home. Every Christmas they get a quarter in their stocking to remind them of the fact that there are people around us every day who are less fortunate and who really need to know the message of Christmas. They may have all the stuff in the world, but if they don't know Jesus Christ, they're less fortunate. Right heart equals 
right joy. And when I have the right joy, the second thing that the Word of God tells me is that it can give me a right purpose. Look at verse 15. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and will never drink wine or beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. John's purpose, John was going to have a very focused life, very focused purpose. He, his purpose in life was to be great in the sight of the Lord. That's it. That's his purpose. To be used of God, to be purposed of God, to be directed of God. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. And not only that, Zechariah, when John is coming, he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, if you remember what's taking place in Israel's history, up until this point in time, it's been 400 years since the prophetic voice of God has stopped speaking. It's been 400 years of silence. That, uh, in your Bible, you get to the end of the Old Testament and you get to the beginning of the New Testament. Usually that's about one page in your Bible. That one page represents about 400 years of Israel's history. And during that 400 years, God has pretty much been silent. But Zechariah's purpose is to be faithful. John's purpose is to be great in God's eyes. And when John is great in God's eyes, the Holy Spirit is going to resume its ministry among the people. All of those things are going to take place. And the message of Christ is going to go forth. 2000 and, uh, 2011. American atheists took out a billboard at the New Jersey entrance to the Lincoln Tunnel. And it was a billboard that pictured three wise men on the way to the nativity. And inscripted across this billboard was, you know it's a myth. This season, celebrate reason. In answer to that, the Catholic League took out a billboard at the New York entrance to the Lincoln Tunnel that had a picture of Mary and Joseph and the baby, in a baby Jesus in a manger, and it said, you know it's real. This season, celebrate Jesus. Two battling billboards. But you know, the reality is, the world is watching your life and my life is a billboard. And my prayer is that I live faith so much that nobody watching my life would ever question whether the truth of Jesus Christ is a myth. The Word of God says, He, John said, He must increase. I must decrease. That's, that's Christmas. When I get my purpose, that, that my purpose is not to be great in Sean's eyes or to be great in, in my family's eyes. My purpose is to be great in God's eyes. When I put, put my life in God's hands and say, God, use me, all of those things that I get upset about begin to become real trivial. All those things that... that that I don't particularly like, they begin to fall away. God, you use me. You must increase. I must decrease. The Gospel of John, the 14th chapter, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will be with us and will be in us. In Ephesians 4, 3, 30, uh, 4, 30, Paul says, 
uh, that, that you and I are not to grieve the Holy Spirit with which we were sealed for the day of redemption. You and I have been in blessed. If you have a relationship to Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that the moment that we do that, 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 that Christ enters us, that Christ's power through the Holy Spirit is a part of us. And, and the reality is if you and I will walk in that spirit and in that power, our life will be the billboard that we've been called to be. And when we're doing that, we give testimony that Christ is real. And that's what we need to be giving at Christmas, that he's real. My life's been changed. And when we do that, uh, the third part of this is that right results equals true giving. Look at verse 16. He will turn many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. John's faithfulness, modeled after his father's faithfulness, was going to accomplish something under the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. He was going to perform a heart transplant. God was going to use John to give people new hearts. He was going to take away hearts of stone and give them hearts of flesh. He was going to revert them. He was going to take these children who were living in disobedience. And and remember, they were living legalistic, righteous lives. I mean, these, these people were nailing the legal requirements of the law, but there was no love of God in their heart. They worshiped him with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. And, and, and the angel Gabriel says the purpose of John is to turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. And it wasn't, it's, it's a reference to the fact that, that John's purpose was to revert people to faith, to the faith of the patriarchs. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. I mean, that was, that's what John came to do, was to turn people back to genuine faith. That's our purpose at Christmas. That, that when we live life under the, con- the control of, of the Holy Spirit, then I'm able to really give people the truth. This Christmas, and, 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 and some of you, how many of you already finished with your Christmas shopping? A few of you? Okay. Congratulations. You're sick. You know, you probably struggled what size. If you're like me, you got the wrong size. What color, what brand, what this, what that. You want to get the perfect gift. I want to tell you there is a perfect gift. It's one size fits all, and it's one size is perfect. And it's the fact that Jesus Christ came into this world to live and to die. And to be resurrected. That people might know truth. Paul wrote to his protege, his son in the ministry. 1 Timothy 1 verses 15, 16, and 17 says this. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But I receive mercy because of this so that in me the worst of them, Christ Jesus might demonstrate the utmost patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. That's the message of Christmas. If your family's like my family, there are some people in your family who need to know that truth. They need to know that Jesus Christ loves them, 
died for them. If your family's like my family, there's some friends that hang around your family that need to know that truth. And they need to see it lived out in us. And that's what Christmas is really all about. That you and I might live the message of Christmas in a way that lives would be changed. And the, the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, the 16th chapter, there's a story of a man that we know simply as the Philippian jailer. He's been put in charge of uh, Paul and his companions, and Paul and Silas are there singing in prison, and God moves, an earthquake opens the prison doors, breaks the shackles off of their feet and their, their, their hands, and, and, and yet none of them escapes. And the jailer, seeing the prison doors open, fears for his life because he knows he's going to be killed for letting the prisoners escape. He's about to take his own life, and... and Paul calls out to him. He comes in, sees the prisoners there, and he says, think about it. He doesn't say, why didn't you run out? He didn't say, what happened to the jail? He comes in, and because of the testimony, the billboard, Paul and Silas' life, he says, would you please tell me what I need to do to be saved. He's probably been there hearing him sing. He's been there hearing him pray. He's been there hearing him preach. He's seen the power of God move. And he says, tell me what I need to do to have what you have. The Bible says that they share with him the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he is saved. But the very next verse says, immediately, he brought them to his home, and he fed them and bathed them and cleaned their wounds, and then he said, would you tell my family what you just told me so that my house can be saved? It says that night, he and his whole family were saved and were baptized. There are a lot of people who need to know Jesus Christ. And if you know Jesus Christ, you have a gift this Christmas to give them. Through our life, through our faith, and through our heart, you and I can get a gift that is perfectly sized for everyone. The message of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning. There are some of us here this morning, God, who just need a right heart. We need a relationship to Jesus Christ. One that has changed who we are, one that is not based on legalism, it is based upon grace and truth. I pray, Father, today that you'd take those who are here and give them right hearts. Strip away all the religion and all the, the, the wrong ideas. And God, just breathe life and faith into their life. Father, there are a lot of us here, and Lord, honestly, there's a lot of times we try to be great in our own eyes, and the truth is we need to be great in your eyes. So I pray, Father, you would convict us of purpose. God, show us 
how we can decrease and you can increase at a time of the year when people need to see Jesus more than ever before. Father, I I pray this morning that you would begin to burden us as a church to share the message of Jesus Christ, to give a real gift this Christmas. And God, even now, you would begin to put on our heart a burden to begin to pray consistently and earnestly. Father, for those family members and those friends who are living life outside of grace, that this Christmas we might not just give them a gift, we might give them a gift of eternity. you would give them a new heart and lead them back to the faith of the patriarchs. God, speak to us. Move in our midst for your glory. I pray that this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.